steadfast, true. Yeah, faithful, steadfast, and true. Do you have any friends like that? Don't answer that. <laughs> if you do, it's a real blessing to have faithful, steadfast, true people as your friend. You know, and many times the people that we run into in this world are totally opposite, right? Unfaithful, undependable, and dishonest. You know, and that's a sad commentary on how society is. But we have to recognize not everyone is uh, following after Christ. There's some people who are just doing their own thing or following after evil or some other uh, issue that they're dealing with in life. So when you can find someone faithful, steadfast, and true, that's a good person and choose them as a companion. It says, then it says, those who had taught Timothy in his childhood were rewarded by seeing his close fellowship with the great apostle Paul. Why, how could they be rewarded? Those who had taught Timothy in his childhood, how could they be rewarded? Well, it's well you know, El, it, go ahead. You go ahead, Pastor. You know, Elder, as the, as you think of what God has said in his word, raise a child in the way he should go and he will not depart. Many parents are raising their children to love Jesus. And when you see that they continue to follow that path of loving Jesus, that's rewarding to a parent to know that God is, you know, has kept my child under his care. My child understands the importance of having a relationship with Christ and living a Christ-like life. Amen. Lakita, you want to say something also? Uh, yeah, I was, I'm agreeing with Patsy. And um, I know that Patsy was a school teacher and as a therapist working with young people. When you see them thrive, when you see them go from like in Patsy's case, they come from like reading, not reading, to reading well. It is rewarding. It's a good thing to see them growing and developing, and especially that you had a part to play in that. It yeah. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel like, you know, it's, it makes your job worth doing it, really. Mm -hmm. And those of us who have children, you feel that way when your child does good. When your child graduates from school or gets an A on their report card or someone compliments how mannerly they are and how well-dressed you know, yeah, you feel kind of rewarded that your labor was not in vain, so to speak. So uh, so were these people who raised Timothy, might be his parents, might be his family or some other close friends. And he was a mere youth when he was chosen by God to be a teacher. It says, but his principles had been so established by his early education that he was fitted to take his place as Paul's helper. What does that tell us about training our children? And it's very important. I mean, you know, we want to wait. You're thinking, um, okay, you know, they're not old enough for this. They're not old enough for that. But children make decisions at very early age. They're thinking and looking. I remember um, we get we ordered some school supplies from Holly was being homeschooled. And in that supply, these people, you know, although this was like kindergarten and first grade, they put an advertisement for their college. So Holly was looking at it. I said, what are you looking at? She said, I'm looking at this paper. She said, what is this? I said, this is a, a paper for college, you know, for the kids to go to college. And she was like, I'm going to go here to this college. It was in Texas and stuff, you know. And I was like, mm, no, I don't think so, Holly. <laughs> so, you know, you have to be careful because kids are making decisions when you don't even know that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Any other comments on that? It also reminds us that it's never too early to start educating our youth, our children. You know, there's a lot of parents who they just let the kids basically raise themselves. They don't teach them anything. They don't teach them to read, write, or how to think. And then when the child gets up to their teen years, then they want to start trying to teach them. Well, you just missed all those previous opportunities for teaching. It's never too early to establish Christian principles, and the ages up to age five are very important. That's when you can really teach your child those principles that you had said, Patsy, uh, when they get older, it will not depart from them. They'll still remember what you taught them even in those early years of learning. So don't ever think that your child is, oh, he's too young to learn anything. 
No, they're never too young. They can also they can also learn as toddlers and even infants. They can learn something. It might not be you know algebra, but they can learn something even. Andre, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go to the next uh, sub chapters. Reserves to fill up the ranks. Reserves to fill up the ranks. What exactly is that talking about? Reserves to fill up the ranks. Anybody heard of the Army Reserves or Navy Reserves? What yeah. Are those, that, what do those groups do? Okay. Uh, when you talk about reserve, that means that there's a backup that you are, uh, you know, like, and, and I think in terms of me, sometimes I say, okay, you know, this is what I want to do, but God, if you choose to have a different route, then I need to be prepared. So you have something that you have as a backup reserve that you could, like I, I say to my grand, like I said to my grandson, when Juwan graduated from uh, Mizzou and his counselor approached Delana and said, if he stays for another semester, he's so close to having a second degree. And he, he kind of looked and he said, why would I do that? I said, because you always need a backup. I said, you may not get a job in, in the field that you went into. I said, but with a second degree, you may, you may be blessed to work in that area. So when you're reserving something, you preserve, I mean, when you're reserving it, you're also preserving it, that it may be used at another time. Oh, I like that. Reserve and preserve. Excellent. Good example, too. Did he go on and finish his second degree? Well, yeah, he's getting ready to finish, I think, in the month of October. I'm not sure. Good for him. And you're exactly right. Reserve is having a backup. So in the Army Reserve, they have more soldiers waiting to join the fight or join the battle, you know, when the other soldiers need some help. So how would how would the church need reserves? What would the church need reserves for? Well, we need to be um, training young people to carry on the mission of the uh, work. So we need to be training them on even preaching and teaching and um, stewardship, of course. And we, they just need to be involved with church. We need to have all people on hands. And I don't think older people should sit down because when you sit down you just you know um you get immobile you get sick you just gotta stay busy mm -hmm. and everybody should be made to feel in church as if what they contribute is important it should not be that you know the elderly are moved to the side and you know everything is geared towards teenagers or young people or everything geared towards older people it needs to be a balanced shift that everybody on this ship is important, valuable, needed, and wanted. And, and Amen. I, I, yep. I agree all, with you. All, Go ahead, Abena. All hands on deck. And and really, you know, when the people get, the older people get tired, they can still do their part. But then we need to bring up the young people so when the old people pass on, it's somebody taking up to continue the work of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you exactly. know, wait, you know, wait till they pass I, on. Because if you had the young people involved at the time, mm -hmm. when the old people do pass on, they're all, they have already been in transition. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the work will never stop. You have to keep it moving. And a lot of times, like right now, I just got through talking to a couple people at church this morning about the uh, media department and bringing some youth into it. Mm -hmm. And so they have their own way of doing things you know how social media is always moving it's always evolving there's always different platforms to um put our services on um you know people aren't coming to church as much as they're watching church so <laughs> if you keep moving and you keep other people involved um when we old folks are out of the loop young people don't just take over. They've already been involved and just keep it moving. Yeah, excellent. Patsy, you had something? Yeah, and I think, too, when it comes to reserve, 
You know, I think in terms of Bible, when we're working with uh, someone with Bible studies, they usually say there should be two working with that individual. And that way, that individual knows that if if one should, you know, maybe I don't want to knock on wood, but if one should, you know, become ill, you still have a person that is an extra person that is still going to help you do your studying and to lead and guide you through the Holy Spirit. Right. Excellent. Good comments. And of course, we all realize tomorrow's not promised to any of us. So again, as was pointed out, we need to be training young people now to get involved, not, you know, to wait, but to go ahead and get involved now. And that way they're building up their expertise, they're building up their ability, they're building up their interest in helping us move the church forward. Uh, because, you know, as we get a little older, we're just not able to do as much as we used to be able to do. You know, you decline in physical health and mental health, you know, and there's no telling what kind of accidents you could get into, like was mentioned. So we want to have those young people in reserves to help fill up the ranks, you know, because people are passing away every day, you know, and just think about it in your church. If you have people who are in the office, and there's nobody being trained to take up after them. If something happens to them, they move out of town. They're unable to continue. They might just get weary and uh, can't do it anymore. You're going to have a big void in that position unless you've been training someone or have someone in reserve. So like Andre saying, he's trying to get some young people active in media so that if, if they ever need some assistance, maybe Andre's out of town then he knows that the media team is still covered. So, yeah, we need to get our youth involved now and not wait until we need them, but have them ready and willing and able to take our places. Also, Elder Carroll, I think we have to realize, too, our youth, once we get them involved, I, we have a tendency, and I'm just saying I'm counting myself as, a, as a, one of the older people, we have a tendency to think that they're going to do, do it in the same old way. And youth have a way of, of doing things different, but they're still reaching out. You, you, does everybody understand what I'm saying? You know, with the, if we're going to train them, we have to also give them that responsibility and that freedom as we watch them grow to do things a little different in order to be able to stay enthusiastic and get, you know, get other youth to come on board. You know, yeah, I agree with that uh, too, Pessy. But one of the things I like about the church is like, you know, I hear people saying the old people don't want to change. And that's kind of, that's true. And the young people, the old people saying the young people uh, want to go too fast. And that's true too. But because the two are working together, the church moves forward at a steady pace. So we can't just turn it over to the old people because it will never move. And we can't just turn it over to the young people because it will move too fast and fall apart. And because in a lot of times Amen. we have the underlying principles intact yet. So as we're teaching them and they are moving forward, you know, and stuff, then the church moves forward too, comes on up into this 21st century. And we can be established and be, you know, like if we didn't have Karen and Andre with that vision to do all that they're doing with this, with the, um, Media. Um, media, then where would we be? My goodness, you know, we'd be way back there in the Stone Age. Just, you know, <laughs> we wouldn't have been able to keep going. We'd just be on the Wait, phone. Especially, the, especially during the pandemic, we would have really been lost. Yeah, we would have been on the phone and that's it. You know, there would not have been a, a service. And now, you know, I see that there is a greater need for a ministry online. Like, for example, if people come, even if they're your members, and they come online and we go out because when you look at the sermon again, you can see who came because their comments are there and stuff. You know, if they come and see it, then we should be following up with, a, you know, with some type of phone call or, or, you know, you can message them and say, hey, see you on this weekend. We need to be doing something with that. That's what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, a young person will be much more creative than me. And uh, they may have some off the crazy way of thinking and stuff, but we bring it back in. We just bring a little bit of it back in. Mm -hmm. You know, that reminds me Amen. of, I think about how back in the day when we would have youth service, mm -hmm. it really wasn't youth service 
it was the regular service that the old folks had, but the youth were doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's not the same to me as youth service. To me, you let the youth do the church service. Of course you have offering. Of course you have praise and worship. Of course you have a children's story. Of course you have a sermon. You still put those pieces in, but like you said, Lakita, let them do it. They and, and I think Patsy touched on it too. They have their way of reaching people. Now we want to keep the principles in place. You got to keep those principles in place, but it might be a little different in how they bring the service or, or, or what they want to do in the service. So it's not that you just plug a youth into your service, but allow them to have the flexibility of bringing praise of worship and the word to the Lord, to, to the people their way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I Amen. think also, you know, I think our programs and stuff, you know, we can include like in the media team if y'all wanted to. You can include if you got a cousin or I know someone who's not in church to invite them to join the media team too, because I, I think that's just another way of winning people to Christ, you know? I mean, that we can't just keep it because what I see is that there's not a lot of interest in um, personal development in our church because, you know, learning to do media or learning to stand before the people and give a sermon or a talk, that's developing your personal inner strength and, and your self-esteem and self-confidence. But people aren't you're really into that. I yeah, I think uh, that's true. We need to make it known to our young people that this is an opportunity for you to grow and build your abilities, to build up your skill sets, which you can use in church and also mm -hmm. at school and also mm -hmm. at your at your job, your occupation. So it's not just uh, you can only do these things in church, but this is going to help you in your entire life. Learn how to get along with people, learn how to lead a meeting properly, learn how to discuss differences of opinions without getting angry, mm -hmm. learn how to handle different types of media, mm -hmm. learn to think on your feet, you know, when things don't go as planned, you know, there's a lot of benefits to being involved in uh, church. And there's plenty of opportunity for anyone that wants to get involved to get involved. Well, you know what I think too, I think that um, the young people aren't aware and we don't, we don't let them know, hey, you know what? If you ever want to preach a sermon, then we'll put you, you know, put you on the schedule and then coach them. You know, I don't yeah, think I'm, young people yeah. know that. Like, for instance, right now, uh, you all have Kennedy. Well, Kennedy could be put on the schedule, and the elders, including her father, right in her, her stepfather, right in her house, could help her prepare her sermon. You're talking about like her being on stewardship schedule? I'm talking about being on the preaching schedule. The oh, young people don't know. Huh? What's like for instance when they have youth day why can't one of our young people be prepared to give that sermon yep well they can i think that's what everybody's saying is that they can and should be we give on stewardship because we know uh kennedy and you know kind of know a little bit about her background yeah we want her to have a week that gives us a break we want her to have a week and stuff right, right. That, uh she right. does that she does stewardship so that the young people can be inspired. Uh, Alvina, I think your phone's cutting off. Did you have a comment? Oh, uh, no, I was just agreeing with what Karen was saying. So she having a sermon, a sermon a young person can do. I was just agreeing and I mm -hmm. just put it mute because nobody wanted to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and, and as we we, we want to hear your voice, Alvina. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, it's important for how parents train their young people as children. Uh, the last paragraph on this one says, these, talking about the youth, must take up the work where others leave it, and their course will determine whether morality, religion, and vital godliness shall prevail, or whether immorality, infidelity, shall corrupt and blight all that is valuable. So it's very important to train to teach, to educate in the ways of the Lord in the proper way 
as well as, you know, on the different skills that are needed. And you want to do that before uh, you need it. You want to train, train the uh, young people before you need them. You right. never want to drop a person into the hot water with right. being unprepared. So proper training, proper education, proper teaching, and some practice goes a long way so that when youth day does come, as we were just talking about, then the young person has been taught and trained and has had opportunity to kind of practice. And right. when you practice, it gives you confidence that I can do this. Right. And actually, I think that on youth day, it should be only young people up there doing the whole service, the whole worship service. Oh, I think. I think Amen. Too, I agree. Karen, I think, too, that's good. But I also think it's good to have someone in the sermons is to minister to the young people. Wait a minute, say that again. I couldn't quite hear you. That the sermon will minister to the young people directly. Like I thought this guy's, um, um, his sermon on wrong ships or something, I thought that was good, but I think it could have been broken down for a younger age. Because that was kind of, to me, for like um, 20-ish uh -huh. young people dating. But I, it, it could have been for young people and instructing them how to date. We could have put it in the same colorful thing and given them more instructions on what to do and what not to do, which you never hear. You never hear that in church. Yeah. Now, I've noticed that it's also good, you know, like you say, Karen, let the young people be uh, the people up front doing all things. It's also good to have an experienced person up there with them in case they have some questions or something. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they would have to be coached. They would have to be taught, as we're saying. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, someone that would be over them, like Thomas right now is over the youth department. So he would mm -hmm. be up there in, in the event that, you know, they had yeah. any questions or concerns. Yeah, well, we asked our youth to be up there for youth day, but they declined, so. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, girl, you know me, I'm, I, I'm not like most people. I just want a, you know, easy job. I don't want no hard work. <laughs> <laughs> If it's somebody else that can do it, I'm happy to let them do it. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. Hallelujah. Oh, that's right. It just takes some training and some encouragement. We have to do, do you know, instill confidence. Let's go to. Wait a minute, though. Before you go, too, I want to clear this up. Yeah, because her cousin had just died, I think, that day or, or maybe earlier that week. The yeah, like I think he died from heresy, right? Yeah, so she was, you know, just not really feeling it. So it's no yeah. big thing. Mm -hmm. Let's go to the subchapter, Pioneers in Toil and Sacrifice. And it starts out saying, we must manifest confidence in our young men, also young women. So that's one thing. It's very easy for us as adults to criticize the young people constantly. You need to do it like this, and you didn't do it like I told you, and you don't do it like, you know, it's very easy to be negative. But we have to also instill confidence in our youth and positivity and uh, help them to realize they can do it and they can do a good job at it. And then it also says they should be pioneers in every enterprise involving toil and sacrifice. Why does it use that term pioneers? What do pioneers do? Well, it was kind of what Andre was saying is that they strike out in new directions and new territories. Mm. That's what the young, the young people, you know, <laughs> Ellen White says the young people are gonna be the ones to finish the work. And they're not going to do it the way the old heads have done it. You know, they're going to reach people in different ways. And part of it is going to be because they are they are growing up in the computer age. You know, so that's part of it. But they're just they're going to do things differently than the older generations. Mm -hmm. That's true. So they're the ones striking out in the new territory. Uh, coming up with new ideas, new ways to do things, and also being involved with the toil and the work and the sacrifice that it takes. It says then, while the overtaxed servants of Christ, who are those people? The overtaxed servants of Christ. The ones that are filling every office and every rank right now and, mm -hmm. you know, trying to keep the church going. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly who it is. The the older members that the older members who have been involved I want to stress that <laughs> those who have been involved should be cherished as counselors. Like Lakita was saying, it shouldn't 
you shouldn't just put the youth up there by themselves, uh, out there by themselves, but have the more experienced members as counselors and advisors to encourage the young people to get out and do God's work. So it's very nice. You know, I think in all of our personal lives, when we think about our occupations, you know, our, our marriages, those who are married, our uh, raising children, whatever, when you think about back about the things you wish you could have, would have, should have done, it would have been nice to have somebody to counsel and advise and mentor you, right? So even in spiritual things, the experienced spiritual members could be counselors, advisors, and mentors to the young who are striking out for Christ. So we don't want to do away with the senior members. We don't want to do away with the young members. We mm -hmm. want to, as Lakita said, work together. You know, like it says, teamwork makes the dream work, right? Mm -hmm. It says, uh, young men are wanted. God calls them to missionary fields. It's, of course, whenever we're talking about the principles of God's word or his testimony, it's for everybody, not just specifically only young men, but young women, older men, older women, mature adults, everybody. God's calling us to the missionary fields. And it says being comparatively free from care and responsibilities. That's comparatively don't mean totally free because they do have their own cares and responsibilities. They are more favorably situated to engage in the work than are those who must provide for training and support of a large family. And then it says, furthermore, they can more readily adapt to new climates and new societies and endure better in, endure in inconveniences and hardship and by tact and perseverance they can reach people where they are what does this sound like what type of uh situation or activity would this fit oh well you know like? i know when uh i was with you guys and we went out into the community where they had you know some of us going to the shopping places some of us to the laundromats and stuff and then I remember Skylar pulling all of us together that we went into the neighborhood, uh, what was it, uh, where uh, Michael Brown had been shot. And we were around there, and we, and even though I couldn't do much walking, at least she found something for me to do. I could drive, and I could watch, and I could still, you know, give out something out the window. If somebody got tired, they could get in my car. And I thought, this is what I used to <laughs> the, the youth was saying, you know, we got something for you to do. You may not be physically able to walk it right now, but we have something. And I think that made me realize, and, and, and like I said, I keep my T-shirts. I love wearing my T-shirts. But they did something that we know we we call it in-gathering. We did in-gathering for money and, you know, to be able to talk to people. But our youth got out there with what was going on in the in society and let them know God, we're not going to be quiet. We're going to show you God didn't intend for anyone to die. God gave us life. But I thought your church and your youth have been an example of what God is saying, how you use your young people. Amen. Amen. Yeah, these uh, talking about uh, missionary and outreach, you know, because when you're doing missionary and outreach, uh, which Patsy was talking about, you have to get into new situations around different people. Uh, you have to sometimes endure inconvenience and hardship. And you always have to be tactful and be able to persevere to meet people where they are. Because uh, that's just what it takes. When you're out trying to reach people for Christ, you got to persevere. You have to learn how to talk to people. You have to learn how to deal with people. You have to learn how to persevere through inconvenience and problems and issues. And sometimes people get angry at you. You have to learn to deal with that. And that's a good training ground for our young people. So it's really um, a good opportunity for them to learn how to be light bearers for Christ by going out and doing missionary work with the more seasoned members, you know, as their mentors and advisors, which is one of the things that's kind of tough about the pandemic is because our outreach has been somewhat limited. We can still do online outreach, but physical outreach was really limited. It's kind of starting to come back a little more, you know, people uh, knocking on doors or inviting people to the church. It's starting to come back, but we really got limited due to the pandemic. So uh, we want to continue to 
train our young people and give opportunities for them to be workers for Christ. Any other thoughts on that? The uh, outreach ministry and the effect of the pandemic? Uh, I think as you were saying, Lee, that, and, and I've voiced this before, that God really, you know, even though, you know, Satan is the one that, that is the author of disease and all of that, that God allowed it. And I think that by God allowing it, a lot of churches that weren't streaming live um, started streaming live. And I think because God wanted us to go beyond the walls and it, we were having a hard time, you know, a lot of churches were having a hard time doing that, going mm -hmm. beyond the walls, you know, and Jesus is getting ready to come back soon. And so the whole world needs to be aware of the Sabbath. They need to be aware of, you know, who Jesus really is and that he is coming back. You know, um, my uh, daughter-in-law, when, when she married my son, she had never read the Bible. She didn't know any of the Bible stories in the Bible, not even just basic Bible stories in the Bible. You know, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people probably like her still out there. But because oh, yeah. the Internet, you know, they have an opportunity if they want to to tune in to some of the programming you know right and that is does what it's know bible stories now huh does she know the bible stories now uh, she knows i don't i can't say how much she knows but you know like when we we, we went we took a trip to branson and i think we watched what was the, the joseph trip? or something joseph joseph and you know she didn't know that story. She didn't know any of the stories. Well, now she may know a few. You know, uh, she did get baptized and everything before her and my son got married. You know, and they did uh, Bible studies. He was doing Bible studies with her before they got baptized, before they got married. Um, Man. But there's a lot of people that are in that same situation. They weren't raised in a in a in a spiritual environment. You know, uh, they were raised in an unchurch, unchurched environment. And so they just don't know. And I, I just think that the pandemic presented an opportunity, you know, for people to um, watch from anywhere. You know, where they are in the world, if they have access to a computer, they can watch from anywhere. Yeah. And, you know, I think also when you talk about they have if they have access to a computer, a lot of the elderly people that were sick and shed, shed in, I think it brought their their grandchildren and, and children to, uh, to to be able to to talk with them, you know, about what they were learning, because all all of them, the grandchildren, the children, they could and the grandparents, they could all get on no matter where they were. They could get on that internet and say, okay, are you on, you know, and talking to each other and saying, what did you think about what, you know, what you heard that was preached? So I think it brought families, it, even during a time where, where Satan meant for evilness, God made a blessing for, for grandparents and parents to get with children that they could not see and yet still hear the same message and be able to discuss it. Amen. And as you were saying, too, uh, Karen, some people, they only going to get on the internet. They're not coming to your church. They're not going to accept prayer at, at their front door. You know, I read where somebody was out there saying they want to pray, and then they were robbing people. So ain't nobody opening their door, you know, and stuff. <laughs> but the Lord, he's just really good, like you said. You know, he's just set this thing up because he knows some people just not going to step in your church. I've also thought about people who are agoraphobic, afraid to go out, you know. So um, how would they get this message? Well, you know, it comes to their house. Mm -hmm. It comes there in a very safe environment for them. And I'm really, uh, I call it a blessing too, as has been said that the pandemic for a lot of reasons was bad, but also for some good reasons, it was good. For example, uh, speaking about my own family, they would never come to St. Louis. They don't live here. They live hundreds of miles away. So they would never come to Tabernacle of Praise. But now they tune in on the weeks, on the weekend for Sabbath service. So, yeah, Amen. Yeah, yeah, and uh, his mom goes to Sabbath school. Yes, right, right. Now, where's your mom calling in from, Lee? Uh, Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and so they uh, tune in, and uh, it's so easy. 
where all you can do is send them a text and say, hey, remember to tune in and give them the uh, Zoom link or the Facebook link. And they'll get on there, you know, and it's a blessing because you never know what it's going to take for somebody to be saved. It might just be they see happen to see one sermon and it really hits home or they might tune in for Sabbath school and hear something that causes them to study a little more or they might uh, tune into a prayer meeting and be blessed by the prayers. So it only takes a spark to get that fire going. Oh, yes. And, you know, that makes me uh, remember what Elder uh, Rodney, he and his wife celebrated the anniversary in Hawaii and they had some cousins over there. And so while they were there celebrating, you know, they start talking to them about the Lord and everything. And so now they're taking online Bible studies with uh, with Elder Rodney. Amen. Amen. Yep. You never know. Let's go to this next paragraph. It's uh, paragraph 32.4. And it says, many young men who have had the right kind of education at home and we talked about that with Timothy's upbringing, are to be trained for service, encouraged to lift the standard of truth in new places by what type of work? Well-planned and faithful. Well-planned well-planned and and faithful work. Yeah, not just slipshod haphazard, but well-planned and faithful. Uh, You know, many times uh, we are so quick to just go out and do something without planning, without even praying and then just expect God to bless our little weak efforts, you know, but God expects us to do our best and doing our best means it should be well-planned and faithful. It says by associating with our ministers and experiencing works in the city, our young people will gain the best kind of training and then acting under divine guidance and sustained by the prayers of their more experienced fellow workers, they may do a good and blessed work. Isn't that nice? Direct guidance, aimed by the prayers of the more experienced workers. Again, not just pushing them into the fire by themselves, but leading and guiding and allowing them to move forward through well-planned and faithful work spreading the gospel message. It says, as they unite their labors with those of older workers, using their youthful energy to the best account, they'll receive companionship of heavenly angels. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, again, working together as workers together with God is a privilege to sing and pray and believe and work with courage and freedom. And then says the confidence and trust the presence of heavenly agencies bring and their fellow workers leads to prayer and praise and the simplicity of true faith is really telling us all to work together and to walk together. And God has promised that he'll send his angels to be with us to guide and direct our steps. And so that we have nothing to worry about. When we have a true desire to serve God, he'll make a way out of no way. And he'll bless us in our efforts when we just call upon him and ask for his blessings. Any other thoughts on that? Uh, Working together as church family and ministry and evangelism? I think that's really a beautiful thought because the older person can bring their experience to the situation and their skill and knowledge. And the younger person can be that one that says, hey, let's strike out in new directions. Let's, why don't mm-hmm. we try this or try that, you know? And when you bring those mm-hmm. two together and, the, and, 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 and they're both on both sides looking to glorify God and to um, get the message out there, then I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I think, too, that the younger people, they have a better insight as, as let, let me give you an example, like the older person may say, well, this is how I used to do it. You know, I used to, when I, when, when I went out and I passed out tracks, I just stopped and talked with the people. Where the younger people may say, why don't you have them open up the track and, you know, and say, you know, these are the things, these are the little uh, 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 references you can go to as you study. And I said, a lot of times the youth will see where the older ones left off and say, okay, y'all did a good job and y'all got, you know, maybe I'm just giving an illustration. Maybe you got five people to pay attention. I know a way that I can pick up on what you just did and we can get 20 people paying attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Working together. Well, I would say this for everybody. To um, I learned very early that 
It takes all kinds of people. It really does. My friend last night was telling me about someone who's doing the diet, um, like um, fasting. But he sounds like he he just she says it like that. He slays the English, the English language. You know, he just so you know ghetto in his talk or whatever. So, but I was telling her, I was like, you know, it takes all kinds of people. That person is going to reach some people. You know, because he's reached her. I mean, she's listening to him like everybody else is. So, you know, it takes all kinds of people. It takes young people and they have their ideas. But believe me, somebody like the way you did it, you know, and the way you, you know, handle it. So we can't all do it the same way. They have ideas, but it doesn't mean that what you're doing, you know, it is not good too. Because remember, you did, get, you did get those five. And if they had done it the other way, you may not have gotten them. So, yeah. Amen. I agree. And when we think about the disciples, they all had their different ways of ministering to people. They weren't all the same. In fact, they couldn't always work together with each other because they had different methods and ways of doing things. So, nothing wrong with doing things differently as long as the ultimate objective leads souls to Christ. And talking about young, working with uh, senior, experienced members. Uh, we were doing the Bible, uh, we were handing out tracts and literature over at one of the stores, and I remember that brother and sister Harris were up in age, so they couldn't get out and actually walk around and do stuff, but they were in back of one of the cars, and they were still talking to people from sitting in the car, and they would also go around encouraging the rest of us who were out doing things, so they did what they could do, and it was a real blessing. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, you know, just like Patsy said, you know, she was doing her part. The young mm-hmm. people were like, hey, you know, you can do this and stuff. And sometimes, you know, uh, young people, they will bring it like uh, <laughs> Keon is on the stewardship thing. And we were just talking and I mentioned something about um, fundraising. And he was like, let's have a basketball, turn- basketball tournament. And immediately I'm thinking, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's but, you know, hey, you know, we said to him, if that's how you, if you want to do that, we're going to support him and stuff. But, you know, I can't run up and down. Well, I probably could. I'll be the last one down. Everybody be a coach. But I can certainly do something, you know, to be helpful and everything. See, and that leads us right into our next subchapter, lines of work. Lines of work. It says there is many lines of work. Many. That means totally different, various ways the youth can find opportunity for a helpful effort. And it talks about some of the lines of work as nurses, gospel visitors, Bible readers, canvassers, ministers, medical missionary evangelists, et cetera. The list can go on and on, you know, about all the different ways where people can help spread this gospel message. There's no one way to do it. There are so many ways we can't even think of some ways haven't even become uh, possible yet, but they will because God wants this message to go to all the world in this generation. And he's, he's, uh, wants everyone possible to be saved. And uh, we need to do what we can to, to uh, give our helpful effort. It says we need to educate the youth to help the youth. Lakita, uh, Karen had mentioned and Lakita talked about the youth sermon should focus on the youth and the youth should be focused on the youth as well. And, you know, it's kind of fun when you're talking to your own friends as a young person, just as it is as an adult, you know, it's just fun to help and educate each one another. It says young men and women should be educated to become workers in their own neighborhoods and other places. So many times our young people just grow up in the neighborhood and move away but we're being told here that our young people should learn to evangelize in their own neighborhood just as much as if we go to another neighborhood and evangelize. So each of us should do the same thing as well. I know it's always fun to get together and go to a different new neighborhood and knock on doors or hand out flyers, but don't neglect your own neighborhood. Your neighbors see you every day, probably. You know, have have we spoken to our neighbors? Have we handed them some literature? Have we invited them to come to church or to tune in online? You know, don't neglect your own neighborhood while you're out evangelizing the rest of the city. 
Uh, the and you know, Elder Carroll, a lot of our young people, too, they go to school and they talk to their friends at school and their friends be like, OK, I'm, I'm going to come to, you know, and visit where, you know, your church and stuff. I said, but they do communicate with each other when they're at school and talk to, you know, talk to each other about this. What this what my church is doing. And they, they get a their sense of pride when they can tell their friends this is what my church is doing. You want to come? Because I, I ain't going to lie, I said, when Jawan used to invite some of his, his friends to Northside, and I had to tell myself, Lord, help me, because I'd be like, where he get them from? Because, I mean, they come in, you, you got the ones that look like a little thug, and then you got the little white boy that look like he ain't a bad, a bath in 20 years, but they like, hi, you're Jawan's grandma, he invited me, and I was like, well, praise the Lord, <laughs> and I just be looking, and I say, Lord. I say they here. I said and they want to learn. I said so, Lord, help me and and make my eyesight understand that I ain't supposed to be judging nobody, nobody. Amen. Help us, Lord. Amen. Help all of us, Amen. <laughs> Any other thoughts on that? Mm -mm. Always remember, you're a witness, whether you know it or not. People are looking at you. They might not say anything, but they're paying attention. On the, the last paragraph, we'll hear the secret of success because we all want to know what the secret to success is. And it says, follow on. It says, follow on, young men, to know the Lord. You will know that his going forth is prepared as the morning. And this, again, these principles apply to all of us. Seek constantly to improve. No matter how good you are at your current occupation, no matter how good you are at uh, spiritual things, spiritual knowledge, doing studies, et cetera, evangelism. We should all seek constantly to improve because none of us is perfect. None of us has all the right answers. Only God has the right answers. It says also strive earnestly to identify with the Redeemer and live by faith in Christ. The work that we do, it only comes from our faith in Christ. If we reach anyone, if we touch any hearts, it's because of Christ living in us, not because of anything we did, but we just allow Jesus to live through us by faith. And then it says to try in every way to help those whom you come into contact with. Try to help people. You know, as Jesus met the needs of those whom he met, and that's what we should be trying to do as much as possible. Help those with whom you come in contact with. And talk with your elder brother or sister who will complete your education. It says line upon line, precept on precept, here a little, there a little. That's how we're called to study God's word and his testimonies. Here a little, there a little, gradually building up our knowledge, constantly seeking to improve and have that close connection with Christ who offered himself as a sacrifice. That's what it takes for us to become acceptable workers and to do our part to save a perishing world before Christ comes. Any other thoughts? You know, Elder Carroll, that paragraph is, is, is so right on time for me because mm -hmm. when I came into the church, I only knew to do the uh, amazing facts when you were teaching, uh, you know, when you're working with a Bible or with a, with a person that's interested in God. So I always mm -hmm. knew the amazing facts. So when I did get asked to, you know, if I would work with some teens, and they was like, you're going to be doing, it is written. And I had never heard of it. I was like, what? And I said, and you know how you just pray? And I said, Lord, you and the Holy Spirit said, if you lead us, <laughs> that you're going to be with us. And I said, you know, I was so thrilled when my little girl, one of my little teenagers, she got baptized July the 30th of this year. Amen. But I just yeah. said to myself, I could not see myself teaching anything but from amazing facts. I said, because, you know, I was such, I mean, that's the only thing I knew. This is where you teach amazing facts, you know. And I said, and then as I got into it is learning, I mean, it is written, I understood that the teenagers, they had, to me, they had more questions. Than this. But I said, it made me understand that you got to reach people, like you said, where they are. And some of our youth, I'm not sure, and I'm not saying amazing facts wouldn't have been good for them. But I think after, as I finished up with It Is Written, I realized that that sparked their interest. They stayed with it. And I thought, well, Lord, you know, there's, there's a way that somebody can reach somebody 
and, and, and maybe, like I said, because my mind as an older person was like, uh-uh, we always did amazing facts. That's what I came into the Adventist church when I got, that's what we did. We did amazing facts. So, you know, I have, I have had a different, a, 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 a mindset when it comes to teaching from amazing facts and other materials that they can learn from. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Amen to your student being baptized. Amen. And yeah, just remember too, there are a lot of good Bible studies out there. As long as they go according to the word of God, anything can be used as a witness for Christ. Lakiva, you had a comment? No, I was just saying amen. Okay. I recall, yeah, I remember Amazing Facts was a terrific Bible study. They also have It Is Written. Bible studies. The one I used to like was called The Real Truth because it was really short. It was like nine questions, very simple. The whole, it wasn't to make you a Bible scholar in 10 lessons. It was just to get you interested in studying the Word of God and learning about His principles for life. So um, there's a lot of good studies out there. And as long as they're going according to the Holy Bible, God's uh, Word and His testimony, then they can be used for good. Any uh, final comments on the, today's readings? If not, uh, we'll ask Lakita if she would please give us a closing prayer. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we know that you have a work for young people to do, dear Lord. You know that we know that you've given given the church every um, every resource possible for us to all be saved and main one being your son Christ. So Lord, we ask that as we go about our business as older people, that you Lord will touch our hearts and help us to remember not to move too fast and leave our young people behind. Help us to even start with our little toddlers, teaching them to learn to share the love of Christ with somebody. So Lord, as we go about our day, the rest of, the rest of this week, let us, not, um, let us always keep your spirit in our hearts and our minds, keep our eyes open, for an opportunity to share with some person your goodness and your graciousness, Lord. And we'll be ever so mindful to always give you praise and glory for the opportunities presented to us to serve you and also to reach out to others in the name of, by reaching out to others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We praise your holy name and praise his holy name. And we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Enjoy the rest of the Sabbath. Be blessed and be a blessing. And Karen, which Amen. chapter are we on for next week? Next week, of course, is Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 101, Work and Amusements. And then I think they're going to do the introduction to Chapter 13. Is what she said. The introduction to well, Part 13. Sister Karen, yes. Sister Karen, don't you forget Sister Harper don't have 101. I haven't forgotten you, Patsy. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. You guys have a happy Sabbath. Bye. Amen.